Welcome to Shelter Cove. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope that you find encouragement through today's message. For more information, check us out online at sheltercovelive.com or send us a text at 209-340-3115. Welcome, happy Easter. So glad to have you joining us today. My name is Jeremy. I have the privilege of serving as the lead pastor here at Shelter Cove. And if this is your first time joining us, I just wanna say welcome as we gather together to celebrate the greatest day in history. And that's when Jesus Christ conquered the grave. You know, it was about 25 years ago, I was attending Sacramento State University, majoring in communication studies. And I would always park my car somewhere out near the football field and and walk to class. And it was something that I did on a regular basis. Well, one day I came out to the parking lot and I forgot where I parked my car. Uh, I looked to the left, I looked to the right, I had no idea where it was. And, And for those first several moments, I didn't want anybody to think that I was lost. And so I acted all cool and hip and started walking down one row and started walking down another row and then another row and 10 minutes goes by, 15 minutes goes by, 20 minutes go by, half hour goes by. And at that point, I I just don't care what people think about me. I just want to find my car. And so I'm like looking around and say, hey, anybody seen a, a green Corolla? And pretty soon all of the cars start emptying out of the parking lot. 45 minutes go by, almost an hour goes by, and I realized that I had parked at the very end of the parking lot. I got there late that day, and I couldn't just comprehend the good news it was to finally find my car. Now, today, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about good news, not not just good news of finding a vehicle. We're talking about good news that you can bank your life on. Again, so glad to have you joining us today. Want to encourage you the next four weekends, starting next week, to join us for a four-week series called Mind Reset. It's resetting our minds because I firmly believe that when we reset our minds, we reset our lives. When we change the way we think, it changes the way we live. But today, good news you can bank on. And this is so important because over last year, we've had so much crazy news, so much difficult news, and we could go into the coronavirus, we could go into all the political tension, we could go into uh, the challenges financially, but we're seeing some good news happen. We're, We're seeing that restaurants are opening up, right? You can eat inside, you don't have a mask on in between bites anymore, right? We're we're seeing that Disneyland is gonna open up soon. We're seeing uh, just kids are going back to school, right? And all the moms and dads said, amen. There's good news that's happening. But what we're gonna look at today is the good news that happened over 2000 years ago. 
that we can truly bank our life on. Now, I don't know exactly where you're at with your relationship with Jesus today. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you were raised in the church and you've drifted away. Uh, maybe you come to church every once in a while on Christmas, Easter. Uh, maybe you're pretty close to God. Wherever you are, again, I'm so glad that you're here. And I firmly believe that Jesus is gonna do something radical in your life today. Now, if you're newer to Shelter Cove, we are all about God's word. We're all about God's love, God's grace, God's truth. We believe that Jesus Christ can change anybody and we take God very seriously, but we don't take ourselves very seriously. And today, what I want us to see is I want us to see four realities from 1 Corinthians, how this good news of Easter can truly change our lives. So if you're taking notes, the first point I want us to see is simply this. Easter is the good news that Jesus rescues us from our greatest problem. Jesus rescues us from our greatest problem. Now, if you ask people what their greatest problem was, uh, a lot of people would say, you know, maybe it's their relationships, right? It's complicated. Maybe they would say finances, maybe health, maybe COVID. Uh, there's so many different things that they would say. But I want us to see what Paul says in his word. In verse 1 of chapter 15, Paul says, Now I want to remind you. We need reminders, don't we? Uh, that's why we, you know, take notes on our phones. That's why we use post-it notes. That's why, you know, we often uh, lose our keys. We lose our sunglasses. We forget where we parked our car, right? We have a horrible memory. We need to be reminded. And Paul says, I want to remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, by which you received, in which you stand, by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. I absolutely love that because what's Paul saying? Hey, I want to remind you of the gospel. What does gospel mean? It simply means good news. It's the good news that Jesus saves us from what? From, from our sin. And that's the bad news. The bad news is that every single one of us we're born with a disease of sin. Sin separates us from a holy God. There's nothing that we could ever do to deal with the sin issue in our lives. Sin is simply falling short of God's perfect standard. So if you've ever cheated, if you've ever lied, if you've ever coveted, which we all have, we all fall short of God's perfect standard. And the Bible says that the wage for this sin, the wages of sin, what we earn for sin is death. It's eternal separation from God in a place called hell. But the good news is that Jesus Christ saves us from our sin. And Paul says, I want to remind you of this good news, this, this gospel which you received. Again, this is what separates Christianity from every other religion. Every other religion is about earning our way to God or trying to earn our way to God or working out uh, to earn our salvation. Where Christianity is about the good news that we can only receive this gift that's from God through Jesus Christ. Why? Because Easter is about the reality that Jesus Christ not only died on the cross, not only was he buried, but he was raised three days later, conquering sin, conquering death, giving us the hope and the, the promise of reality that we too shall live again. I mean, the reality is, is if that Jesus didn't rise from the grave, 
we would still be stuck in our sin. But the fact that Jesus did rise three days later proves that our sin is forgiven and that there is truly life after this life here on earth. Now, the reality of, of sin is not that we're, we're drowning. Think about somebody in a pool. It's the reality that we're, we're lifeless. We're, we're at the bottom of the pool. We're, we're helpless. We are hopeless. And what did Jesus Christ do? He came and gave us life when we were spiritually dead. Again, Jesus, this resurrection shows that Jesus rescued us from our greatest problem, sin, the sin that we couldn't save ourselves from. You know, it was uh, several weeks ago, my daughter Hallie, she just loves to climb up in the trees. And uh, she climbed uh, up in our front tree in our front yard and she started climbing higher and higher and higher. And she got to a point where she's like, dad, I can't get down. Dad, dad I, I, can't, I can't get down. I need somebody to rescue me. Will you call the fire department? She said, dad, will you call Chad? He's your friend, he's a firefighter. Call somebody, I need somebody to rescue me. And so what did I do? I, I climbed up on the tree. And I, I rescued my daughter. I, I got up there. I put her on my, in my arms. I, I carried her down. And that's exactly what Jesus did for every single one of us. See, our problem is, is not the coronavirus. Our problem is not relationships. Our greatest problem that we cannot deal with ourselves is sin. And what did Jesus do? He went up on the tree. It was a different tree. It was the cross of Calvary. And he took our sin upon himself and he gave us his righteousness because why this good news of Easter is that Jesus rescues us from the greatest problem we have, which is sin in our lives. Why? Because we are incapable of rescuing ourselves. The second thing that I want us to see today is this simply re reality is that Easter is the good news that Jesus solidifies our greatest hope, our greatest hope. Now, if you ask somebody what hope is, a lot of people uh, would say that hope is, is wishful thinking. You know, I, I, I hope I get something good for my birthday, or I, I, I hope the Giants win, or I hope the 49ers go to the Super Bowl, whatever it is. But, but Christian hope is so different. Christian hope is this confidence that we have based on the fact that, that Jesus keeps his promises. And this is what Paul says in verse three and four. He says it this way. He says, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance to the scriptures. And what I love about this is Paul is saying that we can bank our lives on the scriptures that Jesus truly was crucified. He did die. He was buried and he did rise from the grave according to the scriptures. Why? Because the Bible's true. Now, I love this because when we think about crucifixion back during the time of Jesus, this was one of the most barbaric ways of killing someone. People were often beat to the point where they were unrecognizable. They were placed up on the cross. Often people would die from suffocation. You would be pushing yourself up on the cross. And uh, if you weren't already dead, they would often break your legs so that you would suffocate more quickly. 
Well, when they came to Jesus, the, the Roman guards, they found that he was already dead. So they put a, put a spear in his side, making sure that there was no shadow of doubt that he was dead. What does Jesus do? Jesus is then buried in a grave. It was, it was a tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. He was the one that, that had it. And Jesus truly was, was buried. But not only that, Jesus truly was raised three days later. What does that mean? It proves that Jesus is who he said he was. He was God in the flesh. It proves that Jesus has the power to, to forgive sin. It, it proves that there is life after death. This, this changes everything. And this is good news that we can bank our lives on in a culture where we don't know what's real and what's true. We can hold on to the unchanging, always relevant good news of Jesus Christ. See, Easter was a time where Jesus solidifies our greatest hope. You know, Josephus was a Jewish scholar, a Jewish historian back in the day of Jesus's time. And this is what Josephus wrote as a historian. He said, about this time, Jesus lived a wise man, if indeed one ought to call him wise. For he was the achiever of extraordinary deeds and was a teacher of those who accepted the truth gladly. He won over many Jews and many of the Greeks. He was the Messiah. He was indicated by the principle among men, us, a pilot commended him to be crucified. Those who had come to love him originally did not cease to do so, for he appeared to them on the third day, restored to life as the prophets of the deity have foretold these and countless other marvelous things about him. And the tribe of Christians so named after him has not disappeared to this day. I mean, here's a Jewish historian that validates the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, here's where it changes our lives. It's one thing to acknowledge it. It's one thing to know about the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's another thing to believe it. See, when we believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross truly for our sins, when we believe that he rose three days later, proving that he was God, proving power over sin, proving power over death, it changes the way we live. We don't have to worry about the things of this life because we know that true life, lasting life, starts when this life ends. And so the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it solidifies our greatest hope, our greatest confidence that no matter what happens in this life, we're going to be okay because of what Jesus did through his death on the cross and rising from the grave. Here's a simple reality. If we put our hope in anything else, we will find ourselves dissatisfied. We will find ourselves disappointed. We will find ourselves always wanting more. I mean, over the last year, we've realized that if we put our confidence, our hope in our health, in our finances, in our athletic ability, in relationships, in family, anything else, we will always find ourselves disappointed. And that's what makes the hope of Jesus Christ so different. I, I mean, Paul said, in Romans chapter five, that this hope, even in the midst of pain, will not disappoint us. You know, I think about this word hope, H-O-P. 
P-E. Hold on. Pain ends. What a necessary perspective in a season like we've had that this pain, this disappointment that we have on earth is only temporary because of what Jesus Christ has done through his sacrificial death and the resurrection back to life, proving again that our sin has been dealt with and that Jesus is preparing a place for us in heaven where we will live forever with him. But this solidifies our greatest hope. Thirdly, if you're taking notes, it demonstrates our greatest truth, our greatest truth. And this is so important because we've lived in a culture, especially over the last year, where we watch the news and we read the news and we don't know what to believe anymore. You know, I've had people come up and tell me, Pastor, I've stopped watching the news. I've stopped reading the news because I'm so confused. I just don't know what to believe anymore. Because it's amazing our, our culture can, can put a little twist on things and make little changes on things where it looks to be real, it looks to be true, but really it isn't. I mean, some of you probably never even realized that I was a star in an action film several years ago. I don't like to brag, but uh, go ahead and check out this clip just for a moment. Many of you did not know I was the star in Mission Impossible. Here's the reality, with just a little change, a little tweak, people can portray a false sense of reality. One of the things Jesus did through his resurrection is that he demonstrated our greatest truth. You know, Thomas, one of his disciples said, hey, unless I, I see the, the holes in his hands, unless I put my finger to his side where that spear was stuck, I'm not gonna believe. Jesus later appears to Thomas and says, hey, check out the holes in my hands. Put your finger in my side. He wanted Thomas, he wanted all of us to believe in the risen Christ. Why? Because it changes our lives. And this is what Paul goes on to tell this church in Corinth, starting in verse five. And he appeared to Cephas and to the 12. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at the same time time, most of whom are still alive, although some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. I, I love that because Paul is saying, check your facts. You know, there's something so powerful in the court of law of, of an eyewitness account. That's what really validates the truth of something that happened. Paul's saying, hey, there are hundreds of eyewitnesses. Check for yourself. Go ask these people. Why? Because Jesus truly did rise from the grave. Go talk to Cephas. Talk to these hundreds of people that Jesus appeared to at the same time. Talk to the disciples. Talk to me. I want you to, to live with truth that you can Bank your life on because Jesus Christ is the risen Savior. You know, one of the greatest reasons why Jesus came was so that we would know truth. Jesus said very clearly in Matthew 14, 6, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. When he's before Pilate, he, he said that he came to testify to the truth. That's why he came. So to, to know truth is to know Jesus. I want to say that one more time. To know truth is to know Jesus. In a world where there's so many different lies going on, we can hold on to a truth that never changes. It was the same yesterday. It's the same today. It's going to be the same tomorrow that we serve a God who became man. He became one of us. He dwelt among us. He lived with us. He understands our pain. And in his great love, what did he do? He went to the cross to be the perfect sacrifice in the eyes of God, that we would experience his righteousness and live a life with a relationship of the creator of the world. That's our God. Now, why? Why would he do this? Love. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And what this does is it proves the, the value of the human life. And you may, may feel and think at times that you're unloved. You may feel and think that you're not valuable. But I want to I wanna let you know how valuable you truly are. You know, when we were back on house arrest or lockdown, whatever you call it during the pandemic, uh, there were some TV shows that I've watched that I really haven't watched before. One was Pawn Stars. And this was where people would bring in their collectibles uh, and different things of value, whether it was, you know, an old gun, uh, sports memorabilia, and they would try to sell it to these guys who would give them cash money. In fact, one of my favorite episodes was a guy that had a sneaker collection, tennis shoes. He wanted to sell it, pawn it off for a million dollars. That's a lot of sneakers, right? Well, how would they know how much the stuff was worth? They'd call in all these different professionals and find out how much they were sold for recently and, and really find out what the last person was willing to pay. How do you find the value of something? It's what somebody's willing to pay. What was God willing to pay for your life? Well, his, that he would send his one and only son to die in your place for your sin. See, Easter is the good news that Jesus demonstrates the greatest truth. But not only that, fourthly, Easter is the news that Jesus provides the greatest gift. Jesus provides the greatest gift. What is that gift? It's the gift of himself. It's the gift of everlasting life. And this is what Paul goes on and says, for I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that was in me. I love that. Paul recognized that he was undeserving of God's grace. What did he do? He persecuted the church. He went out and he had Christians killed. And yet what did God do? He still extended him grace. You know what the Bible is filled of? It's filled of people that made horrible mistakes, horrible sins, and yet God demonstrated his grace. Think about Paul here as a perfect example. He was very honest about his sin and his 
shortfalls. I think about Peter. What did Peter do? Peter denied knowing Jesus Christ three different times. And he was one of his closest friends, one of his disciples. I think about King David. King David committed adultery. He committed murder. And in the New Testament, he's referred to as a man after God's own heart. Why grace? I think about Moses. Moses was somebody that helped rescue the Israelites out of Egypt. And what did he do? He killed somebody with his bare hands. Like I can imagine like, you know, somebody shooting somebody with a, a gun or maybe an arrow, but to kill somebody with your bare hands. And in Hebrews chapter 11, he's talked about as somebody that had extraordinary faith. What does this do? It gives every single one of us hope. And Paul says three different times this word, Grace, grace, grace. You know, my mom was uh, raised a Catholic, and uh, my mom's one of the closest people in my life. I absolutely love my mom, and was in her early 20s where my mom started uh, going to a different church, uh, just a Christian church, and started learning about God's love and, and reading the scriptures for herself. And she eventually gave her, her life to the Lord. I remember years ago, I asked my mom, Mom, what changed? She said, Jeremy, it was, I, I finally understood grace. Like there's nothing that, that I could do to earn God's favor. It, it wasn't about what I did. It wasn't about pleasing God. It was the fact that I was a sinner that desperately needed a savior. In, in Easter, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is where, where Jesus demonstrates the greatest gift, the, the gift of salvation. The gift of us not being able to, to save ourselves. Jesus said, hey, I'm going to give you my life. Exchange for what? In exchange for ours. See, Jesus was willing to die for you so that you could choose to live for him. That, that's grace. That's the beautiful exchange that Jesus says, hey, I'm going to take your sin. I'm going to give you my righteousness can't earn it. You don't deserve it. Like Paul and these other people, you have to receive it. Paul said in this passage two different times, he says, I want to remind you of the gospel that you received. Later in verse three, he says, I'm, I'm going to pass on to you what, what I first received. This is only something that we can receive. And the reality is, is that we fall into one of two camps. We either will receive this gift of salvation, Jesus Christ, that we cannot earn, that we do not deserve, or we will reject it. We either receive or we reject. My hope for you today is that you receive this gift of salvation. And it's not through simply praying a simple prayer. It's not through raising your hand. It's, it's through saying, you know what? I'm gonna do a few things. Number one, I'm going to admit that I'm a sinner. I'm going to admit that, that I have flaws. I have sin. There's, there's something so freeing about that. There was something so freeing about me when my car was missing at Sac State. Instead of pretending, just walking around and saying, hey, anybody seen a green Corolla? I was honest with my reality. Maybe for some of you, here today, you're watching online and you've gone to church and you know, you know who Jesus is, but you've never truly believed in him and you've never truly admitted that you are a sinner in desperate need of a savior. The second thing you do after you admit that you're a sinner is that you, you repent. 
See, when you, when you accept Jesus into your life, when you receive him, you don't keep on living the same way. The Holy Spirit comes inside of you and, and it changes the way you live. In other words, you're no longer on the throne of your life. Jesus is. And for us to repent of our sin, it's changing the way we think about life. It's changing our mind, which leads to a totally different direction. We're, we're, we're turning from ourselves and we're turning to Christ. What does that mean? That means that that God's now on the throne. See, this is not a God that you battle with. This is a God that you surrender to. This is a God that you worship. This is a God that you lay down to and say, God, because you gave up your life for me, I'm going to give up my life for you. So you accept the fact that you're a sinner. You repent in the most authentic way that you can. And then lastly, you receive you receive this gift of Jesus Christ. That's what Easter is about. Jesus proving victory over death, that sin has been forgiven, and that you and I, no matter what happens in this life, no matter the hurt, the pain, the disappointment, that because of Jesus, we can walk with the greatest truth, the greatest hope, our greatest problem has been solved. Why? Because we receive the greatest gift that's ever been given. The gift of Jesus Christ himself. That's my single prayer for you today, is that you would be somebody that lives with this good news that you can bank your life on. And it's the news of Jesus Christ. If you wanna surrender your life to, to Jesus Christ today, I just, I'm gonna give you the opportunity to do that in just a moment. Again, this, this is admitting that you're a sinner. This is, this is repenting of your sin. And this is receiving the gift of Jesus. It is a gift. We don't earn it, we don't deserve it, but we can only receive it. And again, Jesus is the, the defining person in all of our lives. Why? Because we will either receive or reject the person of Jesus Christ. My prayer for you today is that in the most humble, eager way, you would truly and authentically receive Jesus Christ, be filled with his Holy Spirit in a way that will radically change your life knowing that your sins are forgiven and that you are right with God and you're, you have got a home in heaven that's being prepared for you even now. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. And we're thankful for you. God, we're thankful for your grace. We're thankful for your love. God, most of all, we're thankful that you proved that you had the power to forgive us of our sins and give us everlasting life that because you rose, we will rise too. God, we love you. With all heads bowed, or you're just maybe watching this with your family or, or by yourself, if you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, if you want to receive this gift, you can do that in the quietness of your heart. Just tell Jesus. Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner repent of my sin and I receive Jesus. I receive your grace and the new life that you have in store for me. I want the rest of my life to be the best of my life.
If that's you, just let Christ know in your heart right now. God, we love you. Thank you so much for conquering sin and conquering death. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, hey, if that was you and you made a decision, a couple things. Number one, don't keep that to yourself. It is personal, but it is not private. Make sure you let somebody know today that you made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Also, if you can text the phone number that's right here on the screen, all you need to write is, hey, I gave my life to Jesus or I chose Jesus or Jesus changed my life, whatever it is, let us know and we will be in touch with you and encourage you with your next step of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ.